Well, hello, Remnant Warriors. Thank you so much for tuning in to this very important broadcast. I'm so glad that you've tuned in today. I really uh, want to share some things with you as I've been praying throughout the day. Today's been a day of warfare, spiritual warfare. And I know many of you understand that. Some of you don't. But, you know, spiritual warfare is something that we deal with as believers, whether we realize it's warfare or not. As we take a stand for our faith, as we take a stand for Jesus, especially in 2021, where they're trying to cancel truth, cancel the word of God, they're not going to be able to do it, folks, because it is inside of us. Jesus is the word. Yes, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, but Jesus is the word and the word is living. And the word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm not going to stop preaching the word of God. They can try to cancel me. They can try to shut me down. They can try to censor me. It just lets me know that I'm over the target. And I know you know what I mean, because if you're dealing with it too, you understand the spiritual warfare that we're up against right now. But here's the good news. We have victory in Jesus Christ. So today has been a big day. I did a live broadcast yesterday where I did a Facebook Live, and some of you might have saw that, some of you may have not, but um, yeah, I was talking about Mike Lindell, precious man of God, precious man of God. I was just down in Mar-a-Lago with him a few weeks back. Really, really kind, really loves the Lord. Uh, I know some people that are very close with him, and they just speak so highly of his character, and I agree. I think he's a very kind man who has been on a mission. He, whether you know it or not, has been funding a lot of the Stop the Steal movement, and uh, he really self-funded that whole thing. I mean, a lot of, you know, there was a couple other people that helped, but he was one of the main donors in pushing back against this massive theft, this massive fraud that we've seen that the leftists, and by the way, these aren't your typical liberals. These are leftists. They're communists. And they're, they've infiltrated from within, and they're trying to take over our country and as of right now, it looks like they may have. But here's the good news. God has said to continue to pray. And I believe when God says to continue to pray, that's because he's not done in his work. And I'm not going to capitulate or give in or give up until I hear the Lord say, move on to the next battle. We have not finished this battle. We're still in the midst of it. And so I'm sorry that some people have called it quits. I'm sorry that some people have let you down, have let me down people that we trusted, people that we thought would stand when it's time to stand, and maybe they will. Uh, some of these people, I believe, are, are good people. They are, their heart's in the right place, but maybe they've just given in uh, to the lies and the fake news and the propaganda, and uh, unfortunately, there's a tremendous amount of pressure to capitulate, to give in. Trust me, I've been battling it myself with people in my life, and I'm sure you have too, but I don't feel like it's time for us to, to surrender I don't feel that Americans are just meant to just say, okay, let's go into a communist revolution and allow these Marxists to take over our country without any type of fight. Now, I'm not saying get violent because we don't advocate violence. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say go out there and do anything violent or be like some of these militias or anything. That's not what I'm saying as a pastor or as a man of God. But I will say that the Bible does give us a way that we can fight. And that is the weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal, but they're in the spirit of God. And so let's, let's talk about this. I want to read this article on spiritual warfare. I think it's pertinent to where we are right now. And it, and it, and it talks about a similar type of situation. And then we'll circle back and talk about the day's events. So the devil bombards us one crisis after another so that, you know, we will give up. That's what he wants us to do. But we must learn to fight 
back. As I was walking in my car from the grocery store recently, I was swept along by several strong gusts of wind. They caused traffic lights to sway, flags to ripple and pop, and drivers to take extra caution. Leaves, paper, and other loose items were literally blowing, helplessly tossed around down the street. Suddenly, I realized how much like faith that the wind was. Driven by the potency of God's word, the assurance of Christ's love and the power of the Holy Spirit, faith operates in much the same way. It sweeps past obstacles and and hindrances, clearing debris such as fear, doubt, and unbelief out of the way, and taking authority over the circumstances and conditions that threaten to impede our promises. Are you listening to this? Jesus observed that from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. That's Matthew eleven twelve. one of my favorite verses. The force he refers to is akin to the force expended when an army storms a city. Just as the goal of the invading army is to completely capture and take dominion over the fortified city as it assails, the prevailing determination of our faith is to achieve and receive its desired effect. To be sure, there are opposing forces to contend with. Uh, The residents of that besieged city have no desire to become the victims of a successful invasion. They will do everything in their power to prevent or subvert an attack. In a similar way, the enemy of our soul fares against us in an effort to wear us down. He strives to turn our focus away from the one who has given us the promises we're standing on toward the weariness and fatigue we may be experiencing. Though these are natural byproducts of the battle, In the hands of the enemy, they become instruments of propaganda with the singular assignment of making us believe that God is uncaring, unsympathetic, and distant at a time we feel we need him most. The devil doesn't stop there, as he is not content with utilizing only the age-old strategy of bringing into question the character of God. He takes the attack to another level, using the thorniness of our circumstances to undermine the word of God to which we cling and make us believe that our conditions will never change, that our destinies will never be fulfilled, and that we will wait in vain for God to work in our lives. His goal is to make us give up entirely, and he will stop at nothing to bring us to the point of surrender. Consider his treatment of the patriarch Job, who held his integrity in the face of excruciating testing. Job refused to heap curses upon God, whom he knew to be the source of his hope and strength. When the enemy realized his initial plan wasn't working, even though he had destroyed Job's cattle, his children, his relationships, and the stability of his life, he stepped up his campaign and sought to touch Job directly. Counting upon what he knew about human nature, Satan said to God, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. Job 2. 4 through 5. What a wicked but exceptionally clever strategy. In addition to stealing, killing, and destroying the most important things in people in, in, in Job's life, the devil shrewdly depended upon the likelihood that afflicting Job personally and directly, he could achieve the flendish outcome desired. What a better way to overcome believers in Christ than by bombarding us with crisis after crisis that leaves us in a state of physical, financial, or emotional lack, or even loss. What better way to erode our faith in God and consequently our confidence and assuredness of his victory? 
than to attempt to manipulate manipulate us into a state of mind-numbing weariness, crippling depression, horrible circumstances, and humiliating disappointment. Calculating and cunning, the enemy of our soul expects us to engage in spiritual combat and is not easily daunted by the ferocity of our initial resistance and our undertakings of defense. No. He reasons to let me wage warfare against them for a season, and then we will see who comes out on top. Though Job did not relinquish his trust in God and never cursed him, he did succumb to the agonizing questions of the purpose of his own existence. The dire extremity of his circumstances caused him to curse not only the day he was born, but also the fact that he had ever come to be alive. Hear the cry of his spirit as he asks, Why did I not die at birth? Why did I not perish when I came from the womb? Job 3.11 Lay hold of your faith. Considering the intense spiritual warfare that believers face, it's not surprising that we, like Job, are sometimes brought to the point of a reasoning that it would have been better not to have even been born at all or not to live, have to deal with the pain that we are confronted with right now. Nevertheless, I encourage you, take heart. Always be mindful of the force of the wind of faith. That's what we need right now. David said, I would not have lost heart unless I had believed that I would have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's Psalm 27, 13. He does not offer any flowery, silky, sweet, pie-in-the-sky platitudes. He is realistic in his assessment of the effect of the opposition. Negativity and delay that can come from being, you know, without belief. David knew swords and shields get heavy and that warriors get weary in the battle and sometimes we even have to retreat and regroup. He was sensitive to the fact that if everything had been left up to him, he would have buckled and collapsed under the pressures that had been heaped upon him and subsequently he rightfully attributed the veracity of his confidence to the benevolence of the goodness of God. And so here we are, honest. We must admit, we must share this testimony with David and uh, be part of this. And the fact that our victories and our successes that we enjoy with our faith unquestionably are only due to God's faithfulness. We rest in, the, rest in the security of the knowledge that no matter what the devil says and does, our God will move in our lives and move on our behalf. Our faith will be honored, not rejected. Yes, weeping may last for the night, but my faith will get me through this. Faith in Jesus Christ means that joy is coming in the morning. Fortunately, God has graciously made tenacity a built-in component of faith. And this tenacity kicks in just at the right time. So we will hold on and refuse to let go. That time is right now, saints. It causes us to fight back when circumstances try to dictate that we give in. Makes us say yes when everything and everyone around us is saying no. Buoyed by the encouragement of the Holy Spirit and the life-giving power of God's word, we are to be emboldened to rise up and storm the gates that previously obstructed the attainment of promises and blessings. We come to understand and enjoy a supernatural release in prayer that transcends life's circumstances and supersedes the effects of any pain our trials may be causing us. Like the Apostle Paul, we bask in the intimacy that develops as a direct result of knowing Christ in fellowship of his sufferings. Surprisingly, a divine paradox unfolds. The strategy that the devil used against us to debilitate us is actually empowering us. Do you hear that? The strength of Christ is made perfect in our weakness. And the biblical truths we learn through the trying and testing of our faith 
bring forth a bounty of spiritual fruit. Our discernment sharpens. Our witness deepens. Our ministry grows to others and takes on a much greater anointing because the exercising of our faith is causing us to see Christ in a light that we have not seen him before. When we come to realize that now we also are coming to know and experience him in a way that we previously had not. Instead of speaking defeat and being overcome by fear, we're able to speak victory and give the vent to faith. In the very presence and face of weariness, we find that our faith gives rise to a fortitude that just utterly refuses to give up. We put on beauty for ashes, the oil of joy in the morning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's Isaiah 61.3. Instead of being vilified, God is glorified. In the throes of his dilemma, Job was able to attest. He said, for I know not that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I see for myself, and my eyes shall behold and nothing else. Clearly, his response wasn't always perfect. God had to rebuke him for the rashness of some of the statements he made uh, for the Whitney and the pentulant attitude sometimes displayed. All of us can relate. When we review these things after the season of testing is over, we are understanding and even ashamed sometimes of some of the things that we thought, said, and did in the heat of our trial. When we see just when we are overreacted and are able to count all the pity parties that we threw. We become regretfully aware of how time that should have spent in prayer and praise was instead wasted through murmuring, complaining, fearing, doubting. But isn't God good? In spite of the missteps Job made and the blunders we make, he still comes through for us. He keeps working on us with uh, you know, our cloudy, misguided thinking and perception, and sometimes he uses that, and it becomes crystal clear and precise through discernment, through the power of his Holy Spirit. Instead of us allowing the, uh, the bubble around the infectual, you know, insanity that we have allowed in our world today, the Lord sees through it and we become adept at wielding the weapons of our warfare. When he's assured that we've become spiritually enriched, he goes beyond what we ask and, and does things that we can't even imagine. Look at what he did with Job. He gave him a double portion. The Bible tells us the Lord restored Job's losses. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Thank God for the exercising of faith, and it has its privileges. My question today is, what's standing in the way of our breakthrough? We need to renounce all fear, doubt, and unbelief, and determine right now that we will allow ourselves to be driven only by the wind of faith. Unleash its prevailing power and watch the obstacles, hindrances, and obstructions be taken by the storm. See the fortified city that represents the blocking of manifestation of our promises. Release the prevailing power of faith and take it now in the name of Jesus. I know that was a long story to read, but I hope it encouraged you as it did me. We are at a precipice moment. God is asking the people of God to have faith that we have not seen in our day. Now, there are many people that are bailing out. They've been bailing out. I mean, we are the remnant of the remnant. We're the 300. We're the last people standing. But I believe God is going to use us in this hour to press ahead in victory. That's why we're the 300, because we're the ones that he's chosen if we will stand. 
to walk through and to take back this territory for the name of Jesus Christ. We are going to see a powerful awakening, a powerful move of God. It's going to be unlike anything that we've ever seen in our life. It's going to be anointed. Listen, I've been to other countries and seen the glory of God manifest where people got out in wheelchairs, where the blind were healed, where the sick were healed, where the lame were healed. But for some reason, this hasn't been happening in America. Why? Because we have medicine, modern medicine. We have a bunch of apathy. We have beautiful church buildings, but we don't believe that the Holy Spirit is willing and able to do these things right now. Just look how we responded to COVID-19. We got fearful. We allowed our churches to be shut down. You know, we, 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 we succumbed to the fear of the hour. Instead of laying hands on the sick and, and stepping up and declaring that this nation is God's and pushing back the assignment of the enemy. Now, listen, we're all guilty. I, I just talked to a pastor about this today. In the initial stages of COVID-19, we didn't know what was going on. It was the first time I ever dealt with a real pandemic, according to at least what they were saying. It was real, right? And I'm not saying that the virus isn't real, but I do think they overhyped it quite a bit. Now we're seeing that as they bring the numbers down because Biden's in office. So we understand that what we had felt in our discernment was correct, that they were overhyping this. They were putting a lot of fear into people. They were using it for a control mechanism. It was used to, to, to bring in the mail-in ballots so they could perpetuate this horrible fraud and, and try to steal this election from the rightful president. And people say, well, you know, we, we shouldn't make an idol of Donald Trump. That's absolutely right. We should not. What we're fighting for is our Constitution. We're fighting for our freedoms. We're fighting for our religious liberties. We're fighting for all the different things, family values. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump, but he just happens to be the man that God chose. And you know what? Thank God for him. So stop saying people. I, I know people are fearful to even, you know, support Donald Trump. Stop it. The man was chosen by God, anointed. He was appointed for a time as this. Yeah, he might have some tweets that people don't like or whatever, but you know what? God chose him and he, he used Donald Trump to wake up the saints. I believe it's the biggest awakening that we've seen in our lifetime. People are waking up every single day and they're realizing, and now we're looking at what's happening under this fledgling fake administration, the Biden administration. It's a nightmare. And I believe it's our hour. This is the moment we were created for to stand up, to rise up, to pray, in the name of Jesus, not have any fear. Literally say, Lord, give us back our nation in Jesus' name. We want to be the head and not the tail. Give us your anointing, Lord God. Let us represent you well. Oh, saints of God, it's so important that we do this right now. It's not about us. It's not about a name. It's not about a ministry name. It's about Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's about his Holy Spirit. So as we watch Mike Lindell, who's taking a stand for Christ, taking a stand for his faith, doing it boldly, we're watching how the mechanism of communism is trying to silence him. This is a demonic attack, just like the babies, just like they want to kill the babies. It's the same thing, same spirit he wants to stifle the word of God, but we're not going to let them. We're going to preach it from the rooftops. If I need to get a, a megaphone, I'll do it. We're, this is going to be a great awakening time. I'm telling you, I feel the wind. That's why I read that, that story to you today, because I feel the wind of faith. He's asking us to have supernatural faith, super strong faith right now, faith that we have not had in our walk because we haven't had to have this kind of faith. You say, well, Todd, I went through a very tough situation. I believe it. I did too. 
I still will tell you, this is probably the most faith I've ever had to have because I'm looking and it looks absolutely impossible in the natural, but I believe in the supernatural as we declare and take back the territory in the name of Jesus Christ. And we say, Lord, give us back this land. Lord, we want to have a great awakening. We believe that you can do anything, Lord. Your hands are not tied. Lord, give us back our nation. Don't let it fall to communism. Lord, let the church awaken. Lord, I believe there's going to be such a powerful move. God, it's going to be so beautiful and amazing. It's going to go back into the schools. Why can't we believe that there can be prayer in the schools again? Why can't we put Bibles? I know people that are putting Bibles in the schools right now. Why can't we take back this territory? There has been so much muck and mire and disgusting things that they've been trying to teach our children. Why can't we take them back to Jesus Christ? The nation's foundation was built on the promise of the word of God. He's blessed this land as the shining city on a hill. And the world is watching right now. What is the American church going to do? And that's why it's resonating in your spirit because this is truth that we're speaking right now. This is truth, remnant. That's why we're the remnant warriors. That's why we're the 300. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. So I'm encouraged on this Friday, even though today has been a day of warfare because the Lord is the wind beneath our wings. We will soar, soar, soar. Like wings of eagles flying by the anointing, the power of God. It's about the anointing. We're going to see a powerful move of the Holy Spirit of living God. So spend time with your families in prayer this weekend. Get on your knees and on your faces. Contend, contend, contend for America. God is not done. I don't care who's telling you to give up. You know in your spirit it's not give up time. This is time for us to move up another notch in the faith scale. We're going to move up and say, Lord, we're going to stand in faith and believe that you're moving on our behalf. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you on Monday.